We are kicking off a new series today called The Shocking Truth. You know, since the moment that Jesus gave us the Great Commission to go and make disciples, uh, to, to teach them to observe, uh, when I think about that, that statement, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, even to the end of the age. It, it's so important that we understand what it, as much what it does say as what it uh, doesn't. Listen to this. It doesn't say, teach them to know all things that I have commanded you. Teach them to know all things I commanded It's not, in other words, it's not enough to just have knowledge about something. It's not enough to just know what Christ taught. There are two parts to that aspect. Teach them to observe. The two parts are to teach and to observe. The idea is to live it out. So the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to living out our faith. The Bible has a lot to say about it. In fact, it really, uh, that's what this whole series is about, the shocking truth. The idea is to mature in our faith. What does that look like, to mature in our faith? Well, the idea is this, that we were created in the image of God. That's creation, that we mess things up, that's the fall. But Christ came to redeem us, to bring us back into fellowship, relationship with, with God. And then he is restoring us to our ability to reflect the righteousness and holiness of God. So the Bible has a lot to say about the maturity process in our faith. It has a lot to say about how we are to observe all the things that Jesus has commanded. So before we jump in then to James chapter 1, let me give you a quick historical context. So who is James? Who was he writing to? Why was he writing them? Well, a couple of things in mind. First of all, James, the, the author of the book of James, is not James the Apostle. This is not James, the brother of John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, this is a different James. In fact, this James is what we would say is the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, he is the son of Joseph and Mary. Uh, he is one of, their, one of their children. So he's the half-brother of Jesus. In fact, James was also the pastor of the church, the very first church in Jerusalem. So he was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. So the Apostle Paul then has finished up his first missionary journey, and he is heading back to Jerusalem. And there has been some controversy uh, that has stirred up among the believers. Imagine that. Controversy among believers. And... Uh, the, the question is, there is one group of people who are arguing and saying, and this is, these are the people who are what we would say Jewish Christians, who were once Jewish and have uh, become followers of Christ, and they're telling the Gentile followers that they have to begin to observe some of the Jewish traditions, some things like uh, abstaining from certain foods, or circumcision and all of these all of these traditional Jewish practices they're they're imposing upon these new Gentile believers in contrast the Gentile believers are doing what they're saying well I thought that we were coming by faith and that uh, that it wasn't about the things that we do it wasn't about Judaism that it was about what Christ did for us and there was this conflict that was taking place in, in other words, one side was saying, 
because of what Christ did, we have freedom. The other side is saying that no, we still have to, to obey some, some strict list of rules. So that's the tension that's taking place. Now, we understand that we are saved by grace through faith, yet there must be some type of evidence of our faith. So it was only natural then for the Jewish Christians to do what? To revert back to what they knew for that evidence. And as Christians, we know this, that we are saved by grace through faith. There's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation, period. But yet we still have to ask this question, are works necessary? Well, the answer to that is yes, but for a different purpose other than our salvation. Ephesians 2.10 puts it this way. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what is the proper teaching then, right? I mean, is it freedom? I'm saved and I can do whatever I want. Is it legalism? I'm saved, so I must adhere to a strict set of rules and practices. Well, since the apostles attended the first church there in Jerusalem, they looked to the church for answers. And as a result, two letters were sent out. Two letters were sent out. One letter was from the Jerusalem council, of which James would have been a part of because James obviously was the pastor of that church. So the Jerusalem council then formed a letter. That first letter was written to the Gentiles, and it is found and recorded in the book of Acts in chapter 15. The second letter then was written to the Jewish believers. It was written to those who were Jews. And it's recorded as the book of James. So that's, that's how we ended up with these two, uh, two letters. One is, is a, a short letter within the book of Acts, chapter 15. The other one is the book of James. One is addressing the Gentiles, and one is addressing the Jewish believers. So, let's do this. We're going to each week this month, actually for the next five weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to take a chapter each week. So today we're going to look at James chapter 1. Next week we'll tackle James chapter 2, and in five weeks we will have made our way in th through the entire book of James. So here we are, James chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Now right off the bat, that's telling us why. It's telling us that he's writing to the Jewish believers who are scattered throughout the Gentile nations. They're scattered abroad. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, 
its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good work and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive the meekness that Im- the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans, widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, James makes it super clear that we're going to find ourselves in the midst of trials various trials 